Hey guys, I'm so excited for my next guest for the Love What You Do series. She is the host of Young and Profiting Podcast, which is the number one trending education and self-improving podcast. She just interviewed Matthew McConaughey for the Green Light Books, which I cannot wait to get more into. She was on the cover of Podcast Magazine, January edition. She is the CEO and founder of Yap Media. Welcome, Hala Taha. How are you? Hi, Juliet. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. I cannot wait to get into your story because it is an exciting one and it is exactly what I want women to hear. So can you share your quote first? Yeah. So my quote is rejection is redirection. Oh, I love that. And that's going to like be literally perfect for this episode. So I'm going to share mine. If you have good thoughts, they will shine out of your face like sunbeams and you will always look lovely. And that is from the lovely Roll doll. And I thought that was kind of oh, a perfect I love that. one. Isn't that yeah. funny? I love that. Welcome to your next stop. This is Juliet Hahn. I am a wife, mom, virtual coach, public speaker, and crazy obsessed dog lover. I am so honored to be able to take you into the life of someone that has followed a passion. Every week, I hope you are as inspired as I am. Welcome to your next stop. So Hala, you have to tell us you're blowing up. I mean, I'm like, I do have to share. I don't get nervous. And I literally got nervous when I started this interview. I like stumbled over my words. And Hala is just so sweet because she's like, no, just take your time. I took a deep breath and we're in it. But she is blowing up. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got where you are and what you're doing? Oh, my gosh. So this this past year has been crazy. I've really seen, like you said, like hockey stick growth. Things are really turning up, but it was a long journey. You know, I've been working at this for a long time and a lot of people, they see me and like they're like, oh, my gosh, you're so lucky. Oh, my gosh, this happened overnight. And I'm like, no, it took 10 years. I worked my ass off, you know, so it all started when I started my career in radio back in college. So I actually worked at Hot 97. It's the number one hip hop and R&B station in the world. And I started as an intern and I actually interned there for free for three years. And I was Angie wow. Martinez's assistant. They kept promoting me, but not paying me. <laughs> so right. I was like in the production studio. Then they promoted me to work in the actual studio. And then I was, you know, working for Al Roker. And then I worked for Angie Martinez. And then I ended up just being Angie Martinez's assistant for like two years. And I did everything for her from picking out her clothes to babysitting her kid to working on research. And I would meet every celebrity you can think of. Chris Brown, Drake, Kim Kardashian, JLo, I've, I've met everyone. And, you know, I used to like hang out with these kind of people and go to parties with them and host parties with the DJs. And it was just an amazing time, especially being that young and being in such a high position at the station, even though I was an intern, anybody who was getting primed to be an on-air personality was like me, like not getting paid. It's like you had to pay your dues in radio. And so even though I wasn't paid, it was like I had a big job at Hot 97, right? I mean, you probably learned so much. Oh my God. Gosh, I had no idea about I did college radio for like a semester. But other than I that, like I had no idea. <laughs> I was just so I learned how to run the Dillette boards. I learned how to answer. You know, I used to read commercials for them. I was the girl who read all the commercials. And so it really gave me a lot of skills. And I also had a lot of online radio shows on the side. So while I was working on the station, I didn't have a show on Hot 97. I was working towards that. But I would have online radio shows, which were like the precursor to podcasts. So I I've been in this game for a long, a long time. time. Yeah, right. I've been in this game for a long time. So one thing led to another, a paying job opened up and Angie didn't give me the job. And I was really 
really upset. I was really young. And so like looking back, I was like, I was a little young to be the producer of the number one show in America. Like, okay, fine. You know what I mean? Yeah, but still, I'm sure that stung. It did. Can you just give us a little bit like where your mindset was? Because you worked so hard. You were there. You were like, you know, okay, I'm doing all these things and now I'm getting overlooked. Like what was your mindset in that moment? I was so upset because I was like, you know what? I've been hustling, not taking a dollar from the station. I work here day in and day out. Everybody knows me as like the girl who works at Hot 97 and they're still not paying me. And I wasn't doing a bad job. They were, I was the one training everyone. So there's no way that they thought I was doing a bad job if they are asking me to train everyone, you know? And then they wanted me to train the guy who they hired as the producer. And I texted him and he was my friend because he was also somebody who was, you know, paying his dues hanging out with the DJs at night and like trying to make it. And he worked there for a couple years longer than me. So maybe he did deserve it over me, but he had no idea how to produce a show. He was in the video department. So I was supposed to train him that day, his first day. And I texted him and I was like, if you want to learn how to be the producer of Angie's show, learn it on your own, just like I did. I don't feel good today. I'm not going into work. And I wasn't even getting paid. So why the hell should I have gone to work and and train somebody? So anyway, I was young, naive. Maybe that was the wrong approach. He sent that text to Angie Martinez. He showed her what I said and she fired me. And so she said, don't come to the station. She told everyone they can't talk to me anymore. They cut my key cards. That was it. She said, you're done. Goodbye, Hala. Good luck with your life. Peace out. And totally like dumped me. So I was devastated. I felt like Hot 97 was my world. That's what my whole identity was tied to that. And I felt like somebody died. I was so upset. That had to be so, I mean, especially because you, I mean, this is like where you learn about business, right? You learn about relationships and you learn about business, but you probably thought that these people cared about you as a person. And I think that's what hurts the most is when like all of a sudden you're like, okay, I got over seeing for a promotion. Okay. Are they not seeing me as a person? This is just a business. And now they're like completely cutting ties and it really like as a young person that hurts your heart because you're like oh my gosh I thought that you cared about me as a human and not only that it's like I made one mistake and you just slipped my throat like that like yeah, I worked that's for free for, you for three years I babysat your freaking kids like you know what I mean like yeah, that's, how that's... nasty can you and then looking back on it as like a woman now who's like you know I'm 30 and I see what she did to me and I'm like wow I would never do that to the girls that work for me and no. it's just like crazy to think about that and you realize like people are just different you know there's different people in the world and maybe she was jealous of me of all the attention I was getting and like well that's the thing there was something behind there and that's like one of those things where like people can make mistakes but then there's a character flaw right like that's just not a nice thing to do to anyone and especially someone that's giving you their heart and soul so yeah I'm sorry that happened because that had to be especially young but it also taught you, right? Like you were like, yeah. okay, you got back up and then tell us where like what that did. Of course. So back to my quote, rejection is redirection. So I got rejected, right? And by the way, I had dropped out of school for this opportunity. I dropped out of college. So once this happened, I was like, okay, I got to go back to school. I really messed up that one. I should have never dropped out of college, right? So, you know, I put my tail between my legs, said sorry to my parents and went back to school, right? And finished <laughs> okay. up my senior year. And right. that week, the week that I got fired, I decided I was going to start something called the sorority of hip hop that weekend. It was a women's empowerment platform. I was going to reach out to all the girls in the industry in the tri-state area, people who worked at Def Jam and VH1 and also Hot 97 and whatever, and start a support group and basically it was going to be a blog at the time blogs were huge 
and turned into hosting parties, having radio shows, and we had this really popular blog. So within two weeks, I recruited 14 girls. I sent oh out gosh. Craigslist messages. I love and that. I, yeah. And I said, you know, if you want to join in all, uh, if you want to learn how to blog, if you want to join like this women empowerment group, we're going to support each other. And, you know, we're just going to rock it. People knew who I was because of Hot 97 and I had in, in the area. And so a lot of girls applied. So within three months, we were one of the most popular entertainment news sites in the world. That's right. I mean, I get chills because because of that situation where instead of letting that like overtake you and be like, I'm never doing anything, I'm not stepping out of my comfort zone again, you didn't. And that's what I want people to hear. Like, I mean, that was a big thing that happened to you as a young woman. And that had to really, really hurt. But you took a breath and were like, you know what? I have a purpose. I'm going to do something. So I love that. I love that. That's amazing. That's exactly the message I want my listeners to hear. Yeah, I took that failure and all that negativity and like fueled my journey and used it as motivation, honestly. It was like that revenge was my motivation. So it's so funny because like I said, we became super popular. Within three months, MTV also reached out to us and wanted to shoot a pilot. So they did a little pilot. It wasn't a big deal, but it was a great booster in terms of our self-esteem because we're like, wow, MTV wants to have already found out about us. Like what's going to happen next, right? Yeah. And what year was that? This was around 2011. So it was a while ago. So then MTV reaches out, right? And they shoot a pilot. We didn't get it, but we didn't care, right? The sorority kept getting bigger and bigger. We had like 50 girls at the height of it, right? We started a clothing line. We hosted parties. We had these radio shows and we were getting really big to the point where the DJs at Hot 97 were booking us to host their (laughs) parties. Now, the same DJs that wouldn't pay me minimum wage now I was on the flyer side by side with them as like the main person promoting their parties. They were paying me much more than they would have. While I was working on the station, I was getting shouted out on the radio more often than I did at Hot 97. It went from nobody at Hot 97 was allowed to talk to me to Hala's like the shit and we need to get her like (laughs) back into the circle because she's blowing up without us. Right. Right. So that's what happened. And it was just totally amazing. At the end of the sorority of hip hop, it was strawberryblunt.com. At the end of it, MTV filmed us for a whole summer. They reached back out. They promised us a show. We all signed papers. There was five girls that they picked as the main girls. I was the lead. And they shot us all summer walking on the street. They got us a studio on Broadway. Like imagine the real world with oh like my God, neon right, amazing. And, yeah, it was crazy. But at the end of the day, they didn't air the show. So that we went through all that. They kind of instigated a lot of drama. They broke up the sorority because I had structured it in a way where like the girls who deserved it were like the main girls. So it was like five of us, right? right? And then there was like a lot of other younger girls who were like supporting everything, but they didn't really deserve all the shine. They weren't on all of our like flyers and things like that. They weren't on air on our radio shows. But MTV picked like random like two young girls to be the main girls for the show. And then two of our main girls quit. So they like broke up our sorority. Like everything got messed up. And then they didn't air the show. And so it was like worth nothing because like all the other girls that didn't get picked were like staying because there was a chance they would be on the show and all that stuff. But so they didn't pick the show. The sorority broke up. I was again devastated. It was another hot 97 thing where it's like somebody promised me something built me up I did everything right and then they didn't pick me and then you didn't pick it right and so that's again with your quote that totally ties into there again yeah but this time I took a whole different approach I was like okay I'm going back to school again so that's a theme I always go back to school and try to learn (laughs) something new and something bad happens right Right. I went back to school I got my MBA I got a 4.0 and I thought I was done with entertainment I thought that's it I tried I've been an entrepreneur 
I did so much. I still didn't get MTV. Oxygen wanted to have us on our show, but I was so messed up in the head that I was like, I don't want to talk to anyone. I'm not doing any TV. Like entertainment's done. And I just right. disappeared. I disappeared. I stopped posting on social media, on Twitter. I, I just abandoned my Twitter and I just went into corporate. I got a job at HP. I got promoted five times in five years. And I just was like, I'm going to be normal. I'm just going to like, I need stability. <laughs> I don't want to deal with this drama anymore. And that was it. And I thought that was it. And okay. then four years into working at HP, I got the itch and I was like, you know what? Maybe I should try this again. I'm feeling unfulfilled. I want to get back on the mic. I, love I that. think I have a lot to share in terms of my business knowledge. I got really successful when I got into corporate. I was late because I was an entrepreneur doing all this other stuff while all my peers like, you know, got regular jobs right out of college. So right. I thought that I was going to be super behind, but I ended up like skipping over everyone because I had so much knowledge and digital experience that I was just like crushing it at work. And I had so many good networking skills that I really just got ahead quickly. And I wanted to teach the world like how to level up your life. And uh, so I started Young and Profiting and I started that my fourth year into Hewlett Packard. And then here we are today. Now we're a number one trending education oh podcast. Oh my gosh, I love that. And just recently you quit that full-time job, right? This is now like your job. Yeah, I went to Disney Streaming Services. I worked there for two years after that. And so Young and Profiting was a side hustle for almost three years. And I started Yap Media, which is a social media and production podcast marketing agency. I started that six months ago. We're almost almost a million dollars in contracts in terms oh of our God, revenue. That's so exciting. I mean, that's just gives me the chills. That's so exciting to see where you started. Also, the theme is that you were excited. Okay, you went back to school because that gave you that was comfortable. But then you also had the fire like, okay, this is I know I have a passion and I'm not doing it right now. And so the fact that you then changed it again, and then just created this out of something that was a passion, and you knew you were like, you know what, I'm good at this, I'm going to be able to help people is in incredible. Stay tuned for a quick message from my sponsor. Hi, my name is Shari Hodes, and I'm the president of Aura Limited, a proud all-women-owned brand marketing and global sourcing agency. Simply put, we provide fashion-forward swag for any and all of your branding needs. Please visit us at www.auralimitedspelledout.com. There really is like a backstory. I didn't want to go into it because it's, I'll try to say it in as quick as possible, but it was another case of rejection is redirection. So since that's the theme of the episode, I might as well mention yeah, it please to you. Do. Yeah. So when I was working at HP, like I said, I was an entrepreneur because I had this entrepreneurial spirit. I really stood out at the company because I had all these other experiences. So there's something in corporations called employee resource groups. Are you familiar with that? I sort of, because my husband's, you know, works in corporations. Yeah. So, yeah. So like a lot of these big corporations, it would be like the women's network or the veterans network or the young yes. or the black network or the young employee network. So HP has a really great culture and most offices in America, there was like 300,000 employees at the time. Most offices in America have employee resource groups, but mine didn't. And so I founded something called the young employee network. And I started this chapter and it became a big thing. And I was president for two years. We started all our summer picnics. They didn't have any sort of cultural events. We did our Christmas party. I was the first one. Amazing. All of these like fundraisers, whatever. So I paid my dues and I started this Young Employee Network. Then I got on the Global Young Employee Network board 
And I launched something called HBE Spirit Week. Now, this was a global event. Wow. And we had 150 events around the world. I had over 700 people helping me. And I was leading 700 people who were like event planners all around the world. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And I was like, yeah. And I was the leader of like 7,000 people. So a theme in my life is that I'm always like a leader, right? So I was yes. like leading the sorority of hip hop. Then I went to HP and I was like the face of the young employees at that company. I was like working directly with the CEO and stuff because of that, because I was doing all that kind of extra curricular stuff within the company, right? So I did this whole global event. It was such a big splash. I was emailing every single 300,000 employees every single day from Halataha, right? And then I wanted to be the president of the Global Young Employee Network because I paid my freaking dues, right? Yes. I was president for two years. I created this huge event. I basically was the president. All my peers wanted me to be it, but the HR lady didn't pick me. She picked somebody else who had no experience, who never was even in the employee network. She gave it to somebody else who was like way less qualified. So again, I was in this situation where like, I did everything right. Why didn't they pick me? Oh my gosh. You know what I mean? Right. And I was like, well, now I have all this free time because I was literally having a side hustle within the job, just creating culture and just being a good employee. And I was like, well, I'm not doing this anymore. What's the point of this? This is right. a waste of time. I don't own any of that. I just built all this stuff up. Now, till this day, they're still doing Spirit Week. They're still using all my templates and stuff like four years later, right? And it's just, what did I get out of it? Nothing, right? So that's why I started Young and Profiting podcast because I decided I am going to be a leader. I am going to have a voice in my generation and I'm going to create my own lane and own path. And nobody is going to tell me no this time. I'm going to do it on my own and I'm going to own it. So that w that's the backstory. Now, do you think, because I know there was a culture, it was a certain time where, you know, men would get promoted. Like I've, I have situations in my household where there was women that got promoted because they needed a woman instead of a man. And so like, you know, I have the opposite sometimes with my husband and his career. But do you think it was at that time it was because they were a man and it was like, okay, or do you think it was just that that, that person had a tie with the HR person? I think the HR person just didn't like me. I think, again, it was jealousy. She was jealous of me. And, you know, she ended up quitting the job a month later. And I ended up quitting too. HP lost a good one. I'll tell you that I was like ready to be the next CEO at that company and, and would have stayed there forever. I loved working there. And I, I like did everything really, really went out of my way to build culture at that company. So she ended up quitting a month later. And it's just so funny that like, it wasn't even about me. It was her own problem. I was right. the most qualified for the position. You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, I'm so blessed that that happened. I would have just wasted more time doing that for another year. And who knows if I ever would have started Young and Profiting Podcast. I, I don't know if I would have. So I'm, I feel very blessed. Well, and that's the thing. So like, even though it was like a, another sting and it was like a hurt, it was like, okay, but that all those experiences built you to be here. Now I do have a question. So like, was there something in your childhood? Like, were you always entrepreneur? Like, were you the kid that did the lemonade stand on the corner? Or like, did you see your parents do something? Or was that just something innate in you? So a lot of people in my family are like doctors. And so I didn't have many business people in my life at all. Like all my cousins are doctors. My dad was a doctor. My mom was a housewife. I really didn't get exposure to business people at all, but I was always that type of a person. I like my mom tells me that I used to go to like when my sister would have like dance class, I would go and bring my old books and like try to sell them or like I would bring pictures <laughs> and try to sell them to people. And like just I was just like so crazy and so serious about it, you know, 
trying to make that buck. So I always had stuff like that. I used to do like slushy stands in the summer. As soon as I was legal to work, I started working, had so many different sales experiences. And I think that really helped me later in life in terms of like my networking abilities and things like that. So do you think you're more money driven or more leadership driven, mission driven? I think my big thing is I love to lead teams yes. and I love to make a difference in people's lives. It's more mission based. It's more trying to help people. I'm lucky enough where what I do in terms of like my social media marketing and podcast agency, I can make a lot of money doing that. Right. Um, and you can help so many people. Well, that's what's so exciting. You're yeah. going to help other people with their mission, which has to be like, I mean, that has to fill your cup too. Cause you're like, okay, I was here. I had all these things. I'm going to help you maybe skip a little bit of some journey because I have all this experience at such a young age. Yeah. And you know what? Yap Media, which is my social media agency, all happened by accident. That was all an accident. Young and Profiting Podcast was always meant to be a hobby. It was supposed to be a side hustle. I had a great career at HP and then Disney Streaming Services. I was on track to, you know, have a very successful corporate career. And right. that's what I thought I was going to, I thought I was going to have this podcast and then always work in corporate because podcasts are not really a great uh, source of income. Like, yeah, right. it's a little bit of side money, but not really, right? Turns out that Young and Profiting Podcast, starting episode two, I had fans that were so diehard that reached out to me on social media and were like, I want to volunteer for a show. I want to help you. And so we started this little volunteer team. So I, I started a Slack group and then Timothy Tan, who is my business partner now, he helped me with like, he taught me LinkedIn automation and all these, and he helped me with graphics. And then, you know, we had somebody from Estonia built our website, right? And then, oh my God, you know, that's amazing. Yeah, somebody from Georgia was then going to create our audiograms. And then Hisham from California came and started doing our guest bookings. And Peter and Shiv started doing our research. So we just started building this big volunteer team and people who just wanted to learn from me and wanted to help out with the show. They were just fans, right? Yeah, it's really cool how it all started. That just shows your leadership, right? Because people are attracted to you because they know they're going to learn because you have a heart and you're like, you know what? I want to not have people go the experiences that I had and I really want to be there to help. So I love that people like rallied around you because they see it, but that seems in everything that you've done, that's what yeah. happens. Everyone and, and rallies the, around you. And the, the funny thing is, is that when I started Young and profiting podcast because I was so scarred from the sorority of hip hop. And basically I was leading all those girls. And when I shut it down, I felt really guilty because I was like, a lot of the girls were really mad at me for shutting it down. And I just felt like it was like so much weight on my shoulders. And I was like, I don't want to have to deal with that again. I just want it to be me. I'm just going to do it by myself. And I wanted <laughs> to do it by myself, but like all these people kept asking me and I was like, okay, fine. All right, fine. We can take one more. Okay, fine. Now we have like 45 people on the team. Right. Oh my God. That's so funny. So, it's so funny because it's like, like I said, I wanted to do it on my own, but that's just what happens, right? So what happened, the way that it turned into a company is because my podcast guests after the show would always ask me like, who does your marketing? Like, oh my gosh, like your show is so good. The booking process was so seamless. Who's doing your production for your podcast, right? How did you get so many listeners for your podcast? How did you do right. this? And so my guests are typically best-selling authors, CEOs, celebrities, and those types of people have podcasts or want to grow a personal brand and they right. see all the great stuff we're doing. 
And then they ask me. And so what I did is I just scaled out what I do for young and profiting. And now I offer it to other people. And all the volunteers are now leaders of a team and getting paid. And then I have people supporting them. So it's like all my volunteers became team leaders, which is like so, so cool. cool. So cool. Yeah. And like now we're all just like one by one quitting our full time jobs and like jumping full into young and profiting. So it's just so cool. That is so oh my God. I'm so excited for you. And just like watching your journey, even just like from the last month that I've going to be connected to you. I'm like, you know, every time I hear your name and you're on Clubhouse, you're moderating so many great rooms with so many great leaders too. And you're, I mean, it's just the content that you're giving out is just is unbelievable. So I'm super excited for you. So can you tell us what has been one of your favorite interviews that you've done on Young and Profiting? I have a lot. Robert Greene, I think was one of my favorite interviews. It was a two part episode. And and that was a big like inflection point in my podcast. Those episodes went viral and he shared them on social media. And it really gave me like a big bump and people started to notice me. And then just being able to leverage his name and say that I had Robert Greene on my show. He doesn't go on too many podcasts. That was a really big look for me. He has not responded to any of my emails since that episode. (laughs) I don't know if he remembers me, but I appreciate you, Robert Greene. (laughs) Right. Oh, that's amazing. And I think I I think on Clubhouse, I heard and you might not be able to talk about it. So don't worry if you can't. But you have someone that they're not doing any more episodes. And they're like, you got their last one or like their last interview that they're going to do. Yeah. So Olivia Fox Cabane, she is the author of The Charisma Myth, which was like the biggest book in 2012. And I have always been a huge fan of her and so I've been trying to track her down for two years she like lives in a very remote area does never does any interviews only takes on like 10 clients a year for her charisma stuff super exclusive she's very wealthy now and she's all about saving the world she's all about cellular generation and alternative protein so so random so random from, but so from, cool right yeah so cool so I was tracking her down for charisma and she was like I'll only talk to you if you if you talk about alternative protein and I was like okay fine <laughs> We'll talk about alternative protein. Just come on my show. And so she hopped on and told me that I'm the only interview she's going to take for the next two years. That's incredible. Yeah, that's incredible. Oh, my gosh. That was cool. That's really cool. So, I mean, those are the things that you're doing. It's just fun. It's fun to follow your journey. You guys have to keep following Hala. Can you shout out your social medias where people can find you if they're like, oh, you know what? I totally want to know about your agency. Just give us all your information. Sure. Young and Profiting Podcast is my podcast. You can find that on every platform. We really go above and beyond in terms of our research, the quality of the show, the production quality. I've interviewed people like Matthew McConaughey, Seth Godin, Robert Green, Mark Manson. So we, we really find the brightest minds in the world and provide actionable advice for our listeners. So please check out that show. Let me know if you found me from Juliet. I'd love to know that. My website is youngandprofiting.com. You can find me on LinkedIn and Clubhouse at Hala Taha and then Instagram at Yap with Hala. Okay. And can you spell your name? Because as you, I don't know if you know, but yeah. I'm dyslexic. And so I always have to have people spell things out because I spell everything wrong. <laughs> I appreciate that. My name is Hala, H-A-L-A. And then last name Taha, T-A-H-A. You know what, Hala, thank you so much again for taking the time because you are a busy, busy woman. So I feel very honored and blessed and I'm not nervous anymore. That was wonderful. You're such an awesome person. Guys, if you like what you hear, please rate, review, share, follow us both, subscribe to our channels. And next week, tune back in to hear another woman that is following their passion with Love What You Do series. Thank you again, Hala. I so appreciate it. Thanks. I hope you liked this episode of Your Next Stop. Please subscribe to my channel, share with your friends, and join in each week. 